Meta Srinivasan has been a member of Female Fusion since the very beginning. And she has a PR and marketing communications agency called Market Buzz International. And I absolutely loved my chat with Meta because she sits down and talks about her business journey, but also shares a lot of wisdom and top tips about how any entrepreneur is able to get their communications right from the very beginning. And communications, when you own a business, is so essential. So I look forward to sharing this podcast episode with you today. The thing I love about Female Fusion the most is our members. We have members from all over the world, every nationality, every culture, and every type of business. And people tend to come for all of the information, the content, and the discounts, but they stay for the community, which is the most warmest, supportive, and uplifting community. And I am so excited to share with you over the next 30 days, 30 stories, of our members. They are going to inspire you and give you ideas on what you can do in your entrepreneurial journey. Welcome to another episode of Women on the Rise. And today I am joined by Mita Srinivasan, who is the founder of Market Buzz PR and a member of Female Fusion. Welcome to the podcast, Mita. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me. I'm so pleased to to have you join me because you are one of our original founding members of Female Fusion. And you're also a bit of a legend in the UAE, especially in Dubai. Um, within the PR scene, you have a PR marketing agency. Maybe you could just tell everybody a little bit about you and about the business that you have. Yeah, so as I keep telling a lot of people, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> so I was literally pushed into the business, but I, I, I noticed a little gap in the market when I started my PR agency, was the whole B2B and the tech sector was very poorly served. And I was working for a tech magazine, and I realized what kind of quality of content I was receiving as an editor. And I thought, these guys need help. And a lot of them, actually, to be honest, I wanted to keep it affordable as well, because a lot of them didn't have huge budgets for the Middle East in those days. And we're talking 23 years ago. Yeah. That's a long time ago. And in those days, the Middle East was not such a priority as it is today, and the budgets were really low. So, we'd, you know, you had to balance good quality with a little bit of support, with understanding of the market, but also not make sure that you can pay your own salaries and your own bills. And that's how Market Buzz PR was done. So we started with tech PR, but we didn't focus on consumer stuff. We focused on the B2B stuff, which is all the stuff that makes your businesses work and your systems work, which is the reason why I'm such a bit of a geek in there. But it is, that that area was so underserved then. Oh. And I think even as well within the UAE market, there's not many companies that specialize just in that type of, of PR as well. It's kind of, I like that PR. It's kind yeah. of like the big brainy yeah, stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The ones where you had to really stretch your imagination to try and get the right kind of PR. And uh, one of the things that I liked about it was that a lot of these tech companies, were, it was not just, I mean, okay, they were UAE based because the headquarters were here. 
uh, in those days, UAE was the easiest place for them to have fear and then roam around the rest of the region. So we used to cover regional stuff. So we used to work with regional media for those particular companies. So it wasn't restricted just to here. So it was quite exciting. So you got first-hand knowledge of new tech that was coming in, new stuff that was coming in, new initiatives that were coming in. And from there, but slowly it's evolved. Um, you know, I work with the Thai guys and with now with Female Fusion, is I startups are a big deal for me as well. Yeah. I love helping startups. I love working with them. And I also see all the mistakes they make. Oh, you know, this is something I think you and I hold so close to our hearts. And we were speaking about this before is that the ability to help startups and also female entrepreneurs and with that knowledge to see them succeed. Mm. But you also see a lot of small businesses making mistakes as well. What are some typical PR communications mistakes they're well, doing? Well, the most basic ones I notice is one, none of them have a proper bio. Some don't even have a proper email. I mean, how can you run a business and not have an email with your company name and your personal name? It's okay to have a generic email like mail at whatever or office at whatever. Did you know that these kind of emails actually get blocked by a lot of people because they're generic? So if you're sending it out as an email shot from MailJet or MailChimp or wherever else you're sending it, it's so you've got to be careful that it's properly registered. But if you're doing one-on-one, -on -one, say someone is writing an email to me, as soon as I see it's a generic email, I was like, this person's not taking their business seriously. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And we, <laughs> I mean, you know, as well, even within Female Fusion, we've had a few sh sessions on that as well. Yeah. That, But I, I think the reason why some businesses don't do it is they're scared and that they feel overwhelmed by the tech and going and getting a Gmail or a Hotmail or a Yahoo account is much easier than understanding how to buy a domain and set all of that up. But it's not complicated. This is the thing that I'm saying to people. 20 years ago, it was complicated. No. Now, it's not complicated. Exactly. I, and another thing, I posted a, a tip the other day on it, is about your email signatures. You're sending an email. If that person wants to re re respond to you and he has, doesn't know you or has probably met you at an event somewhere, have a digital signature that people can click and save or react to or respond to. Uh, yeah, and there's there's online um, tools that you can use oh, to build that, right? Every single email uh, you have these days, email provider, has a tool to be able to set up your signature easily. And it just makes it easy for the thing. Uh, another one is that you have a website. Does, uh, you're busy selling it. Does anybody know, as a media, I know when I write for SME 10X, I go into people's websites, I go into their LinkedIn profiles to find out more about the owners and to find more about the business. And I can never find a place where I can find out more about the company. Even their About Us page is selling the business, not about the, you know. The story. The story. And as a journalist, that's what you're interested yes. in as well, right? It's the yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. I, I think... Sometimes the reason why this happens is that if you set up a business, you've gone from maybe being a sales manager, an HR person, or an engineer to all of a sudden running a business where you're doing the sales and the HR and the tech and the marketing and the PR and all of these different things that if 
it's so overwhelming that you don't know where to start, especially if you don't have a background in communications. Because I think for me, whenever I set up a business, first thing is, how am I going to communicate this? What does it look like? Make sure, you know, even before you go live with it, the bio is there, the company profile is there. Everything is there that makes your business look big. But if you if you don't know that, you don't know. No, that's true. That's very, very true. I mean, I can understand... Uh uh, but if you've started thinking about doing a business, you know what you're doing and you know, as my, it's, as my father used to always say, if a tree falls in the woods and you don't hear the sound, has yeah. it really fallen? Yeah, exactly. And it, it, there's also that fear, right, too, mm. that I think sometimes people want to hide behind the scenes because they don't want to be seen. Unfortunately, as business owners, we don't have that option. You have to be seen now. It's There's very, very few businesses that you can set up where you can hide behind the scenes and people don't see you as the owner because everybody wants to know who the owner is and information about them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially in this digital age, uh, the next generation that's coming in, they live on their phones, they live on their mobiles, they live on the internet. Uh, my, my 12-year-old grandson doesn't. If it's not in his phone and he can't access it on his phone, he's not interested. Yeah, if That's it's not on TikTok, it's not interesting no. either, right? <laughs> <laughs> so this is the future generation of customers, potential customers, potential partners, potential collaborators, maybe potential investors. You make it easy for them to find you. Yeah. So other than those areas for a business... What other quick wins could a small business do to be seen more? Would you say that they should be active more on social media or... Um, Not all. Yes, definitely social media. I would say definitely make it easy. Find out where your customers are to so make yourself known there. But if you want to talk about communications and want to make sure you stay on the radar of your uh, of media or potential partners, potential to sing. I would say people are underestimating newsletters. Mm. You don't have to do it very often if you don't have a lot of news. Do it once a month. But even if they send it to your existing customers, potentially potential customers that are there, your own team members, that is another thing that they don't do. That even if you have like three team members, make sure they're in the loop, even if it is through a WhatsApp group or whatever. These days, there's so many channels of communication. Communication doesn't have to be just with the media. It has to be with your partners. It has to be with your stakeholders. And that includes your customers, people who are investing in you, potentially investing in you, potential partners. They want to know who you are and what you're doing. Yeah, and PR has become so much broader as well. Um, as you know, too, I started out in PR, yeah. too. And I remember back then, you know, PR was everything. You know, it was mm. how, like, and especially getting the press coverage, that that was really what was going to shape your reputation as a founder and as a business. And more and more now, I was having a conversation with another entrepreneur about that, that press coverage isn't everything. No. There's actually... There's, there's actually much better ways that you can get in front of your customers that are that still PR and communications, rather than sending out a press release or sitting down and doing an interview with the journalist for a publication that maybe you have a bit of vanity and you can go, oh, I was in this, you know, I was on TV, I was on radio, here's this article, but 
if your audience isn't seeing it, if your customers aren't seeing it, you know, as you were saying as well, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, if no, if your target audience isn't watching that that news program, do you really want to do it? Exactly. I absolutely agree. And it has changed so much. Before we were focused as PR agency, we were focused on media relations. They're still important. I'm not saying they're not important. But media relations was a means for us to reach the audience we wanted, the target audience, our clients, our customers. That's who we wanted to reach, to influence their decisions, to let them know what we were up to. Now we have social media, we have LinkedIn, we have newsletters, we have uh, editorials and blog posts that we can do and post on other things. So there's a lot of different ways that we can do, that we can actually communicate these. And we don't need to do it. We can do it directly with the customers that we want to do. Isn't that so much nicer? Oh, much nicer. <laughs> I, remember, I remember starting out in PR and one of my very first jobs would have to be that you would like pick up the phone and oh. call the journalist and be like, hi, did you get my press release? <laughs> Do you want to speak with the spokesperson? And I just remember how awful, how awful that was. And probably the journalist on the other end of the phone as well was like, oh, not another, another PR, <laughs> not another PR person, right? Yeah, and exactly. You don't need that now. You don't no. need to, you don't need to be seen by, by Everyone. doing that anymore. Exactly. What you need now is to cultivate a few choice ones and have conversations. Yeah. And regular conversations, deeper conversations, conversations where you just drop them in line. A yeah. journalist actually told me, I send once a month a quick email giving a summarization of the customers I work with, mm-hmm. a summarization of some of the to- topics and announcements that are coming up. I hate press releases. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's just, they're awkward, right? <laughs> I, I sent a, the last uh, email I sent to the journalists, I sent over there, no journalists were harmed in the, in the sending of press releases last month. And they all, I got replies back from at least 10, 12 of them that said, I love that line. <laughs> Because they hate press they releases, hate right? Because it's not personalized to them. Yeah, It's not catered to them. And that means they don't care, you know, unless... So what would be your top tips for uh, a founder who wants to maybe grow their business? How would they be seen more? What would be your top tips to, to get out there and be seen more? First, I would say pick the pick a social media that is really, really close to where your customers are. Make sure your profile is easy to find and updated. Make sure contacts are easily found and updated and contactable. Make sure that you post quite regularly. It doesn't have to be every day, in my opinion. It can be once a week, but make sure it's consistent on a regular basis. And don't do a sales pitch. Talk about something that somebody can take away yeah. And then they'll come back to you. Consistency is so important mm. and not doing the hard sell. Yes, absolutely. <sighs> I mean, nobody wants to be, you don't want to be hard sold. They no. don't want to be hard sold. I wish that, I wish that small business owners would understand this more, that um, if they share and they share information and they share their knowledge, that that builds you up as an expert and you're going to naturally have people oh, who yeah. will want to come to you Absolutely. rather than you 
doing the hard sell or when you do the seller say, oh, by the way, I have this for sale or we're doing this. Then all of a sudden people are like, heck yes. Hmm. You know, you're, I love you. I love, you know, what you're talking about. You give so much value. Yes, I'll buy from you. Hmm. And that's what you want to do is have that warm audience as well. I absolutely agree. That's exactly it. It's not about, and don't think of it as being bragging. It's not bragging. No. You're just talking about something that you feel strongly about and passionately about, and that comes through in a post that says, you should do this because this is great. This is what happens when you do this, and this helps you. Yeah. And then they'll come back to you again. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you have been a member of Female Fusion since the beginning. How, how has the experience been? What do, you, what do you like about Female Fusion? I love the way it's been evolving. I love the bit that you started, which is the paid membership, because it means there's so much more value in there. There's a lot more uh, consistency, a lot more variety as well, and resources. So there's lots of things that I can do when I can go in there. And I, I love people helping people and I post stuff there. But also when I want looking for comments and when I'm doing my articles or when I'm looking for a resource that I want, I quite often I'll post it on there and I know I'm going to get at least one or two responses and get that back. And that's what I find missing. It's a great tool for getting resources for business, for what I want to do. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I strive for as well is that any time you have a question in business, you should be able to find it Mm. in Female Fusion. So this is another area where I think small business owners, if you're still starting out over there, is don't just wait to post something comment on somebody else's posts. And this works for all social media everywhere. The moment you comment on somebody else's post, that comment, your name, your profile, is suddenly seen by not only people who are following the other person, but who are following you, but who are following the other person as well. And your advice becomes more thing. So you can build sort of trust, uh, trust um, knowledge, expertise by sharing that with them. And that helps a lot as well. Definitely. And, you know, I find it interesting, like that's one of my favorite things as well, is that so many small business owners don't get this and instead feel that a better way to operate is by sending people DMs. And what I keep saying is that if you respond, if you mention your company name, that that is there forever. So if somebody is going to be doing a search for, let's say, a social media manager, um, that they do that search and they see that you've professionally written about your company, you've said what your company name is, you've said what your experience is, and you put a link to your website. All of a sudden, that screams professionalism to me. If I see somebody who writes DM or DM me, like how... Who are you? You know, why would I DM with you if I don't even know who your business is? Yeah, that's not the only thing. Also, when you DM, you're missing out on the opportunity for a few other people who probably has the same have the same question. Right. From seeing your answer. Yes, exactly. And like <sighs> free opportunity. People need to get over the fear of mm. sharing information. Um, because there's no new stuff out there, right? <laughs> like, it's not like you are holding, you know, trademarked information about something. Yeah, not in this day and age, not anymore. Right? You know, just go and share that information. Yeah. So then you start to build up that name and the reputation as being always the helpful person. You know, there was a post that you did, which on, uh, I saw it, I think I saw it on LinkedIn rather than anywhere else, where you said the people who want to imitate you will do it anyway. 
Yeah. But what makes the difference is you and how you execute it. Yeah. That resonated with me big time. And that's what people need to understand. Whatever you're doing, you're adding your take on it. Nobody can do that other than you. Yeah. And they can copy all that they want. No. But it's not it's, it's not, not going to be the same thing. No. Exactly. Never. never. Mita, it has been such an honor to speak with you. Thank you for sitting down with me today on Women on the Rise. I loved it. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Women on the Rise podcast and our 30 most inspiring female entrepreneurs. If you are inspired by today's episode, why not come and join us in Female Fusion? We would absolutely love to have you. This is where you will be able to connect with the most incredible female entrepreneurs who are all committed to building a most profitable business. All you need to do is head over to femalefusionnetwork.com forward slash join. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.